Hi. Uh, this episode 46 features my interview with Barb A. Pohl. She is the author of The Diaries of Liberty the Pug. You can follow her on Twitter at 3pugmum. That's mum with a U. And then on Instagram at barb underscore a underscore pool. Uh, you can get the books on Amazon. Um, the interview f- focuses mainly on puppy mills, which are terrible. But if you want to find out what you can do to stop puppy mills or just know more about the subject, you can check the puppymillproject.org. I feel like I said org weird. Well, enjoy the episode. Thanks for listening. Um, okay, hi everybody. Uh, Michael Lobo, I'm here with um, Barb A. Cool, right? Um, just to give everybody uh, a little backstory to how we met, um, Serena and I were in, at Kiwanis Park. Um, and we kind of saw some dogs off the leash, which is fine, I guess, but then they started running towards each other. Um, and then the owners started yelling, and then uh, we ran into you, Barb, and then you were telling us, and you gave us your card. Um, you said you were an author, and you wrote children's books about dogs and puppy mills. Uh, could you give a little background as to um, why you started writing these books? Yes, I started writing the books about pugs and puppy mills is because I had no knowledge of puppy mills until I found myself with a dog that was from a puppy mill. I was working at the time and my husband and I had a Sheltie which was dying of cancer. My husband was retired and so I decided he needed another dog if we lost our Sheltie. And we found Liberty Mm-hmm. over at Arizona Mills. Yeah. She's just a little pug, six months old, and she was very ill. And I'd seen her previously, actually, in there about a week earlier because we were looking, and she was $2,500. Well, that was Ooh. totally out of our range. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and, but I kept thinking about the little pug, and I went over to get my eyeglasses checked in the mall, and this little pug was still there, and we went over there, and mm-hmm. we saw she had no price on the cage anymore. And I said, well, I guess she's been sold. And my husband and I were walking out of the store, and my husband said, no, um, let's just talk to somebody. So he pulled the young man over that worked there, and the young man said, well, she's getting sent back. Oh. And we didn't yeah. know what sent back meant at that time. Mm-hmm. We had no knowledge. So we said, well, if we take her home with us today, how much would you take? They said $500. Mm-hmm. So we were lucky enough to walk out with Liberty that day. Yeah. We called her Liberty because it was Memorial Day. Yeah. And uh, we just thoroughly um, needed another dog for us and for our Sheltie to spend her last few weeks. And, and uh, we took Liberty home only to find that she was a very, very sick puppy. Mm-hmm. Very sick. And also to find that she was from a puppy mill. Mm-hmm. And sending her back meant they were going to send her back to the puppy mill mm-hmm. to breed her. Yeah. So then I started to investigate a little more, and I've learned so much now. I had no idea that puppy mill dogs were in pet stores. Mm-hmm. I really didn't know anything about puppy mill dogs. And I found out that the inbreeding that goes on in the puppy mill yeah is just excruciating to the puppies. I happen to have a pug 
but this is Puppy Mills for all dogs. Mm-hmm. And when we took Liberty to our vets, actually we took her to urgent care in the beginning on a Sunday, and our vets on the Monday, because urgent care couldn't do anything for her. Mm-hmm. And we found she had ingrown eyelashes that were scraping her eyes. She had a hole in one eye. Yeah. She was totally malnourished. She had kennel cough. She had terrible, she could barely breathe. Mm-hmm. They'd done something to her nose that has trying to make her breathe, I guess. Oh my and goodness. And cauterized her nose in some way. So I don't know exactly what went on there. She was a frightened little pug with big eyes that held on to us for dear life when we took her home. Well, we ended up taking her to a hospital in Mesa. She had to see, let me see on my notes here. She had to see an ophthalmologist. Mm -hmm. And um, then she, um, let me see here. She was very, very sick. Yeah. And she went to the urgent care, et cetera, as I said. And she ended up going to the ophthalmologist and having eye surgery, which was devastating for her because that meant that she was left at the hospital again uh, for a couple of days. But what they did there, she had, they told her she had um, a macropalbral fissure syndrome. I don't know if that's the right correction. But what it means is short nose and large eyelids. So she could not close her eyes. Her eyelids still, at this time in her life, do not close over her eyes properly. She has um, improperly placed eyelashes. She had to have a cornea graft for the hole in her eye. Mm -hmm. And when we brought her home from the hospital, her eyes were sewn shut. And she was in terrible pain. She was on pills for several weeks. We gradually had to take her off of them. They could not save her eyesight. The eyelashes had done too much damage. Her eyes were too scarred. Mm-hmm. So for years, uh, Liberty has had eye drops every day, five, six, seven times a day. Mm-hmm. Uh, steroids, cleaning, re-wetting drops. Because when you cannot close your eyes, especially especially in Arizona, yes. you have... You have all the dryness, and everything sticks to her eyes. You take her over the park, she comes back, there's dust and hair, and you know. So we um, did what we could for her, and she gradually got stronger and stronger, and you know, the vets were very pleased with her. So I decided that people needed to know about this, because I was so angry Mm -hmm. that this little dog suffered so much because of people not caring and her coming from a puppy mill. Yeah. And I wrote letters, I wrote letters to the vet, the pet store that we got her from. I wrote letters to the major branch. I wrote letters to people that cared. There was a lot of people online that I wrote to about puppy mills that advocate, you know, not to have puppy mills and trying to get rid of them, but to no avail. So once I retired, uh, going on eight years ago, I started to write stories to get the story out, not expecting them to publish. I didn't see myself as an author. Uh I just worked for uh, 
Mesa Superior Court for 17 years, the judges there. Loved my job, but you know, decided I would write this and see what I could do. Yeah. So I had lunch with my girlfriend, and she said, what have you been doing? And I said, writing. And she said, oh, let me see what you're writing. And I yeah. said, no, I don't think no. so. <laughs> because I, you know, I don't consider myself a writer. Anyway, I let her read it. Her name is Darlene. She's a lovely person. She also worked for Mesa Superior Court at the time. Mm -hmm. And she said, I want to edit them. You have to send them in to a publisher. And I said, oh, well, okay, just to please her, I decided to do so. Yeah. And I was fortunate enough within two weeks to have two contracts on my table at home. That's fantastic. I had one from out of state and a contract from uh, Phoenix uh, mm -hmm. for Vesuvius Press. Vesuvius mm -hmm. yeah. Press did a wonderful job um, making the books and uh, not such a good job of marketing the books. Yeah. So I had to change my publisher. I was with them for five years. And then I went to a second publisher, Tate Publishing, who really wanted my books, I thought, but a year into it, they went bankrupt. <laughs> oh no. So I, it's very expensive to publish books, so I yeah. had lost all the money. There is a lawsuit with a lot of um, writers right now and authors with Tate Publishing. Mm -hmm. And so now I'm with a wonderful uh, publishers now called Legay Le Books USA. Mm -hmm. And they're uh, with Paperclips Magazine, which is an international mm -hmm. magazine. And they're doing a wonderful job for my books. Yeah. They do make soft cover, but they're beautiful and they're yeah. well illustrated. And they're getting Libby's books out there. Yeah. And the reason I'm so enthused to get Libby's books out there is because I want children worldwide mm -hmm. to ask questions. I think if we can reach children, they're our future generation. Mm -hmm. And in such a, if they learn to ask questions about where the dogs come from and about puppy mills and shelters and pet stores, maybe in the long run, animals will have a lot kinder homes. Yeah. They'll be treated as part of the family. Pets should be treated as part of the family. I have learned so much caring for liberty this last 10 years. It's an education to watch your, you know, I've been fortunate enough now I'm retired, so I'm home. And when liberty went totally blind, we got another dog called Ebony Rose. Yeah. And Ebony Rose um, is our little chatterbat yeah. and loves to walk. And we got her to help Liberty with her blindness because very difficult to leave a blind dog at home by themselves. Right, yes. So um, this was company. And to see their interaction, sharing and being friends and getting to know each other. Yeah. And then Ebony Rose was so active, we got a third hug Yay. called Pippa. And um, Pippa um, is a diva. Oh, and, yes. Uh, <laughs> and so. she thought she came into the house to run the place. Uh -huh. But um, Liberty, even though she's blind, is the boss of all of us. Yes. And of course, we go over to Kiawans Park a lot with the dogs, which right. is close by to my house. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, so when we were, we were reading the book, it was super cute. We have two dogs of our own. And um, I we both agreed that it's super important to teach young children because what I'm finding with my students is 
um, when they say stuff, it's just because parents told them, and they they just accept it as fact, which is okay, I guess. But they don't ask questions like you were saying. They don't try to investigate. They don't try to figure out why. And I I remember going to malls. Um, with with my friends and we'd always stop by in the little puppy stores and we'd look and they'd be super cute and I think I I forgot how I found out about puppy mills um but when when I looked into it more it's heartbreaking the the standards or actually lack of standards that happen in those places and um just reading more last night um, the regulations placed on puppy mills uh, are so lax and there's so many loopholes for puppy mills um, that they can just jump through it and keep doing what they're doing and it it's yeah it's just it's heartbreaking um, so you said uh, you weren't a writer uh, right. what what sort of hobbies did you have growing you said you were born in England I was born in England. I met my husband in England. I went to school with his sister, actually. So we've been yeah. together a very long time. We have 55 years marriage coming up. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> um, but uh, we, were, we actually emigrated to Canada mm -hmm. in, in 1963, 64. We were there some time. And um, I have worked in retail and, and in the court system, etc. I have never written anything. Mm -hmm. I always thought I would want to one day. But my hobbies at this time are kayaking, which yeah. I love. Um, I do, I used to have some piano practice, but I don't have much time for that right now, but I do love the piano. Yes. And we garden, we love to garden. We have a beautiful garden, even in Tempe. I've had roses all year, but um, Yes, and I love to walk with my dogs. Yeah. Um, I'm never, never still. I'm always yeah. busy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I have my family here. I have um, three children and five grown grandchildren mm -hmm. and um, uh, about 11 grand dogs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of dogs in the family and they yeah. live here. So I'm very fortunate where that's concerned. Yeah. But yes, writing is... Um, is now something I do every single day and I love it. I didn't realize, you know, but I've had, you know, it's, I love the writing part of it. The marketing part of it is a nightmare. And, oh, I and bet. all the dealing with the publishers and it's not a cheap thing to do. But mm -hmm. I feel as much as um, I can do a lot of good with Libby's books, with the message she has, it will also help us with her medical expenses. Yeah. Because um, even, the, and originally, you know, it's so expensive for people that have sick dogs yes. to take them. I mean, we have some insurance, but it does not, it doesn't cover these large things that you have to have done with your dog. Right. It really doesn't. It just covers your vaccinations, etc. you know. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, it also helps with that. But, um, yeah, going over to Kiwanis Park and watching the girls and watching other people with their dogs is also an eye-opener. Yes. Um, yes. You were saying about them off leash there, mm -hmm. and it's a shame because you know, one of the big my big peeps at Kiwanis Park is people do not pick up after their dogs. They don't oh my pick gosh! Up the poop. Think yes, I. It takes four seconds. It takes to get a, the yeah. It does get the poop. It it's it's gross, and then it it's just it's everywhere. 
And Kiowana's Park is a beautiful park. Yes. And the maintenance crews that take care of that park are amazing. I mm -hmm. thank them all the time because they do take care of it and they look after it. Mm -hmm. But if you go there on a Monday morning after the weekend, that park is a mess. Oh. And the only reason it's a mess is because people don't take care of it. Mm -hmm. And yet they like to use it. Right. And so in my book coming out very soon again for, for Christmas, Kiwanis Park, I've done a chapter on people, you know, pick up your mess. Yeah. Your children, pick up your mess. Pick up your dog's mess. Mm -hmm. I mean, Kiwanis Park even provide bags. It's not like yes, it's, it's hard. I mean, yeah. there's a place to get the bags for the dogs to pick up their mess right. every few feet. Right. So um, yeah, it's 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 lazy. To, if my to husband, not. who is diabetic, has a walking cane, has two of my dogs on a leash, can bend down uh -huh. and pick up the poop in a plastic bag. And even make the plastic bag last for two poops, he says he's yes. an expert, then everybody <laughs> can pick up their dog's poop. That's what I right. say. Yeah. It's just, I think it's disgraceful that people, how can you take a dog for a walk and walk away from the poop it does? Right. I mean, I don't understand. Yeah, it's even uh, in different neighborhoods, uh, Serena and I have lived in, if for some reason we forget a bag, one right. of us will stay with the poop, right. and the other one will go walk to the house, come back with a bag. It, it, I, it's common sense. It, yeah, it's, and it's respectful. Just pick up the poop. It's not your yard, and it's not your, I mean, it's everybody's right. park, but it, it leaves a mess. We're all responsible. This is the only earth right. we have. Oh, yeah. And if we screw it up, what's going to happen to the next generation? Yeah. And when I see people you know, just walking away from their picnic tables and leaving garbage all over them. Yeah. And when there's a garbage and a trash bin, you know, two feet away, Right. I, it's just amazing to me. You know, people need to take care of their parks. They need to take care of their world. Mm -hmm. They need to take care of their dogs and they need to take care of their poop. Mm -hmm. And I'm, you know, very strong, <laughs> strongly yeah, yeah, opinionated yeah. with that. I mean... There are signs everywhere in the park telling them to keep the dogs on leashes yeah. and to pick up their poop. How difficult is that? I right. mean, it's not brain surgery. No. If you love your dog, take care of them and take care of what it does. Right. You know, that's how I feel. Yeah. And I just get, I mean, the fishermen over there, I'm very acquainted with most of them because I'm over there all the time and we talk. But even the fishermen, every now and again, you you see the fishing line strewn across the, the mm -hmm. sidewalks or some of the pieces that they put on, those dangerous hooks. Right. This is so bad for the wildlife at Kiwanis Park. Mm -hmm. You know, Kiwanis Park, the people that run the park do a fabulous job, but they can't do it without some cooperation from the people that use it. Right. You know, that's how I feel. Yeah. You know, so I, anyway, it's, yeah, no, <laughs> I'm it's, kind of passionate I, about it's, that. <laughs> no, it's frustrating. And um, with the, the dogs being off the leash thing, I've only seen maybe one or two instances where the dog would run off and the, the owner would, would call them back and they instantly came back. Right. But usually they're, they're gone. They want to go play, which is understandable, and they want to go do whatever it is they want to do. Right. But it, I, I personally don't think it's that safe to just... Let them just go, and um, and then it it makes it very sad when um, 
then the owners get angry at the dogs and maybe they'll hit the dogs. That's, or the, that's the saddest part. And it's, a, it's your fault for not putting yeah. the dog on the I leash. I was over there the other day and, and I saw a woman who was just screaming at her dog. Yeah. And her dog was just sitting, it was a big dog, just looking at her and I thought, is the dog deaf? Mm. You know, how awful to be screaming at your dog. Dogs are not deaf. Right. You know, it just made her look bad. Didn't make the dog look bad. I don't know what the dog did. There was no right, dogs around right, it. Right, but right. I just thought, why do people scream at their dogs? Yeah. You know, animals are not deaf. There's a few that are, and you, you know, obviously yeah. that's sad, but it doesn't make any difference. You shouldn't no. be screaming at them. Yeah, yeah. You know, if th we need to show children how to take care of our dogs, to love our dogs, mm -hmm. and to understand our dogs. I... I had dogs all my life, but I've never understood them as much as I have since I had Liberty, mm. because I have learned from her. If you watch a dog's body language, yes, you will learn so much. You know when they're sad, when they're happy, when they're hungry, when they're upset. I mean, they really do. Just look in your dog's eyes, people, and see the love they have for you oh. don't shout at them they yeah and don't they love so them. unconditionally they love you so can unconditionally. abuse them but they will always they're so loyal they are. and what people don't understand is they don't they actually don't understand that to so just treat them with kindness they don't understand anyone that's unkind to them yeah they really don't yeah, yeah. and that's why it's so shameful that people abuse their dogs and um and that we have so many shelters you know, yeah. especially after, say, firework night, you know. Oh, my goodness. That's another thing I it's put in my books for the kids. Keep your dogs in, keep the mm -hmm. doors closed, look out for your dogs. My Ebony Rose, she has to have a thunder shirt on. She doesn't like the noises, and she has a little arthritis in her back. And, yeah. And this gives her comfort. You know, dogs are like children. Mm -hmm. Just because, well, Ebony speaks, but <laughs> she's special. <laughs> she, she, Ebony Rose speaks like she's possessed. But, um, you know, she, dogs can make themselves known. You know, mm -hmm. you know what's troubling them if you observe them. If you watch dogs interact, it's just the same as children. Yeah. They're buddies, they watch out for each other, they share, they take care of one another, they look out for you, they're nervous in it, when it needs to be, they're happy when it needs to be. Um, I mean, just, just watch your dogs. They're exactly the same as children and all the animals out there. If you observe them, they're not stupid. Oh, no. Why people think animals don't understand is beyond me because yeah. they understand a lot. They do. And I bet if they could speak, they'd tell you a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I agree. Um, another thing that, that popped in my head with, um, you know, asking questions. Mm -hmm. uh, when we adopted our um, bigger dogs and uh, trunks, um, on his cage in the, at the Rio Salado um, dog shelter, it said special needs. And he just, I don't know, we, we just felt it in our heart to ask about him. Right. And um, they said he had uh, previously, I think, bitten or attempted to bite somebody. And, um, and so we said there's no medicine, there's no, that's, that's right. all, that special needs sign is on his cage for and so we took him out and we played with he's lovely he's yeah. and we've had him for i think five five or six years now he's never 
been anyone. See, he got and labeled. He could have He been. got late. Thank you. Yeah. He got labeled. Yeah. And how many people walked by his cage, yeah. saw special needs, maybe even asked, and there people thought, oh, bite? No, I don't want to. I don't want to deal with it. Right. And um, we've noticed, you know, there's a few things we'll do around the house, like sweeping. He he gets super nervous around brooms, and so we we think maybe he was abused. Right. And there's just other things we do around the house where he's he's just gone. Yeah. And he doesn't. So we've we've kind of pieced it together, but right. um, it is it is very important to ask questions. And um, I also love in the book after each. I guess chapter, chapter you put yeah mm-hmm. you put little questions um, right. uh, do you take your dog to the vet or do you make sure their their water Correct. bowl is full um, and I love that because it it encap- encapsulates the the chapter right and it gives a reminder to the kids as you're reading to them um, make sure they you feed them or make sure you walk them uh, every chapter interacts with the children because it gives them room for thought and to think for themselves um, one of the chapters is about liberty being blind and I told them, told the children that are reading, think about yourself, if you are blind, have your friend walk you around and see how it feels, Yeah. you know, because things make you jump, you know, um, yeah. one of the things having a blind dog uh, that you learn very quickly is not to move the furniture, not to move things Yeah. and give them that security so they know where they're going. Mm-hmm. Um, Liberty was just in ICU in November and she was very oh, no. ill and we were told she wouldn't last through Christmas. They wanted <sighs> to remove her eyes and they wanted to do a surgery on her um, uh, soft palate mm-hmm. issue and then they realized she would not be able to be strong enough to make it. She would mm. die in surgery. So they sent us home with some um, steroids and said, make her as comfortable as possible. She won't be around very long. Oh my goodness. And uh, we decided that wasn't going to be how it was going to be uh-huh. because Liberty is a fighter. She hasn't fought this long, this hard with all the medications and issues she was born with to um, lose her. Yeah. So in my mummy way, I promised her a new Christmas dress if she lasted till Christmas, and then Yay. a new Easter dress if she lasted till Easter, and yeah. and we stayed up for five months, twenty four seven, all night, all day. Her little heart was pumping out of her because of the steroids, and she would sleep in the shower, and we'd sleep in there with her to keep her cool down. Mm-hmm. She made it. She's here with us. A year later, yeah. she's still with us. We celebrate every day she's with us. And, you know, you can learn from this. You know, she wants to live. Yeah. This is a little trooper that was very sick from the day she was born, and she's still here 10 years later. If you love your dogs, you know, and give them that hope and give them that care, we're very fortunate because we're both retired. Yeah. We could not have done it if we worked. Yeah. You had to be with that puppy constantly. Oh, yeah. And um, we didn't go anywhere. My husband went grocery shopping for me, or I went somewhere, and one of us was with her all the time. Yeah. We're just starting now to be able to leave her for an hour or two uh, with, her, with her sister dogs, Pugs. But um, yeah, she's been through it. And, um, yeah. But she's happy. She's feisty. She's, and that's why she's still here. She's bossy. Yeah. You know, her sisters don't mess with her. Um, she doesn't do anything, but if they have a stick and she wants the stick, she will go and relieve them of it. 
and yeah. <laughs> they let her, you know. So she's a trooper, mm-hmm. and she has personality, and she has her days when she doesn't feel so good, and she sleeps all day, and other days where she can walk a little bit around the park, but we have a stroller for her. Yeah. And we have a stroller for one, we've actually bought a stroller that takes more than one pug now because the youngest pug gets tired quickly. We're still trying to keep her under the weight she's in. So one of the things I'd like to tell people that have dogs out there is something I learned with Liberty going into ICU last year is I thought Liberty at 22 pounds weight was a healthy little pug. Mm-hmm. She was overweight, I'm told. Oh, okay. She, it was too much weight for her, which aggravated an already bad situation with her elongated soft palate tissue. Yeah. And so um, she needs to be 17 or 18 pounds because one pound of weight that a dog puts on is the same as you putting on 10 pounds. Ooh. Imagine that. Yeah. So if you have a dog... In Liberty's case, that should have been 18, she was 40, you know, pounds yeah. overweight at 22 pounds. Yeah. And she didn't look it. I mean, she was a lovely, cuddly pug. And small, we thought, at 22 pounds was quite fine. It was not fine. Yeah. So we soon got her sisters down, too, uh, in the better weight. So when you see dogs that are cuddly and lovely and big and fat and chunky, you're killing them. Yeah. I'm sorry, folks. Yeah. You're killing them. Because yeah. you imagine yourself putting on two, two pounds as a dog, that means you've put on 20 pounds. Mm-hmm. And that's what their little hearts and chests and lungs are pushing around. Yeah. And um, so just a fact out there, you know, if your dog's a pound over, it's 10 pounds over, it's too much. Yeah. So. And it's, I've, yeah, I've seen a lot of... Um, uh, fatter dogs and people think it and it is cute but if you want to think health wise it's love, you it's love not them to death. you love them to death i'm sorry yeah. that's the that's the fact you know if if we'd have continued and we didn't overfeed libby but if we had continued with the treats the way they were oh yeah um, and kept her at 22 pounds i mean in icu and being ill she soon got down to 17 pounds very quickly and she was skin and bones while mm-hmm. i brought her home but keeping her at that weight has been a challenge because she was on steroids. And if you know anything about steroids, they make you hungry 24-7. Yeah. So it was a challenge to have a dog on steroids and not let them put on weight. But if you give them different treats and not store-bought treats, um, we've learned a lot again with uh, frozen green beans and things like that yeah. that she just loves, which won't put on weight. And she's quite happy when she starts whining for food to just have a frozen green bean and she oh. goes on her way. She doesn't need a cookie, you know. Right. So uh, there's, there's a lot you can do. You know, just think about it, you know. Read the Diaries of Liberty the Pug. The Diaries yes. of Liberty the Pug are, um, I have six books published. Mm-hmm. Um, I have two with the publishers right now, Poppy Girls and Pug Glitter. And they're coming out soon. What has struck me the most with my books, um, I have them on Instagram and Facebook and um, Twitter, and they're sold on um, Amazon.com. I have a website with a buy button. Yeah. But the biggest thing is all the adults that write to me 
and comment about my books that have purchased the books that actually don't have children. They have dogs. Yeah. And the reason they love the books is because of those questions at the end of each chapter. And they said they look at their own dogs differently. Yeah. They're because of the subject matter in the books. These are literally true stories. My life with three pugs. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. And um, what I've learned from my dogs. Mm-hmm. You know, I am... I'm not a professional writer, I'm not a professional vet, I'm just a regular person loving her dogs and trying to share what I've learned from yeah. them. Yeah, and uh, we, we bought the first one and we were reading it and we could instantly tell how much you love Liberty. Oh, and yes. just it's, and again for me it's just super cute, right, yes. to, for, to hear the story from you know, a dog's voice, right? Right. Um, saying, what's the name? Uh, I hope it doesn't hurt, I think is what you said. And well, I, I call it's... her my co-author because I don't feel like I'm writing them. Uh-huh. Because when I sit down, I start to get inside Liberty's mind and think from her point of view mm-hmm. what is going on in her head. And the stories are literally written by her if she could speak. So she's my co-author. Yeah. Oh, that's perfect. <laughs> and then... Yeah, which goes into more when um, kind of people are, are meaner to dogs and animals in general. We think that they can think like us, but they just, they want to go smell that smell. That's they right. want to play with that sock. But for us, the sock is not for playing with or right. whatever the, the thing uh, may be. Um, we've come home a few times. Uh, and our two dogs hiccup in trunks, the bathroom trash is, is everywhere. Right. And, um, you know, at first we got mad, but then we, we thought about it. You know, they don't know. They don't That's know. not what that's for. Mm-mm. They were bored. They had energy. So they found something and it's all over the living room. And um, so then we, we stopped getting mad about it. Right. And so we walked them more or we played with them more to get that energy out. That's right. Um, give them more attention. And... It, it's just sad when people can't uh, see it or try to see it from the animal's point of view. Yeah. yeah. And it's just super sad. Um, well, I, it's wonderful because um, if you learn something about your dog and you learn to love them more, I always say, I think our pets are a gift from God and they're on loan to us for such a short time. Yeah. And while they're here, we need to take care of them. Yeah. I do feel we'll meet them again one day. Yeah. But right now, while they're with us, you know, you've got to take care of them. Mm-hmm. Because they're a best friend. And for a child to have a best four-legged friend in the home, they'll never be alone. They've got a friend they can share with, their secrets, their good day mm-hmm. at school, their bad day at school. And even though they won't be there forever for them, they will always be in their heart. Yeah. They'll never forget those pets. Mm-hmm. So we need to have good memories. Yeah. Good memories, not bad memories of dad kicking it. Right. Not yeah. bad memories of not feeding it, not bad memories of shutting it outside, not bad memories of taking it back to the shelters. Not, they need to have mm-hmm. positive, good memories. Yeah. Memories where they come home and their dog is happy to see them with a wagging tail. Yeah. Um, I've learned only <laughs> since I've been older 
it's okay to have your pet in bed with you. You know, yeah. now my pugs sleep with me the last few years. Yeah, yeah. Before they'd be in the bedroom maybe, but they used to be off the bed. Now, at the, there's nothing more for me, and it's funny, comforting, than waking up in the middle of the night and hearing all the little snores <laughs> and the noises and the dreams and the little scratching and the licking of the paws. And I'm like, yeah, life is good. Yeah. Everything's yeah. good with my world. The pugs are all here, you know. Right. It's 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 good. Yeah, we've um, if ever we've just gone out of town and we'll leave the dogs with um, Serena's parents. Yeah. We notice in the bed feels a little emptier. Right. Without the dogs, and it feels yeah. so weird. Um, so now when we're at home, we'll uh, we'll sleep a few days in our room and then sleep a few days with them. Right. It, it, it feels nice yes. to have to wake up and feel them next to you, yeah, right? Or just, um, I do this thing where I just lift the blanket and Trunks knows instantly. He just jumps <laughs> under, he curls around my, uh, my legs and he just plops and Hiccup sleeps with uh, Serena right between us. Um, and it, 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 they just know. Yeah. Um, and I, I understand that, that comfort of um, having them just there and to feel it right when you're uh, asleep and and I'm sure they all would like to sleep with their you know uh, moms and dads and brothers and sisters <clears throat> but you know if, if nobody brings it up and they're shut in crates and cages and outside yeah you know just, yeah. just think about it folks just yeah. just think about you know maybe you need to have a little bit more love in your heart look yeah. into those eyes yeah even if you know they're not in the bed with you i right. there was the um what was it the hurricane that just happened on the east coast right. yes. there was a there were some videos where the dogs were still in the cages outside and the oh, water's rising yeah. and it was it was just breaking my heart watching it and luckily there was people showing up and the water they're on their hind legs because that's the only way they could be out of the water um but yeah i just i mean i i've never been um in a hurricane or getting ready but i I couldn't imagine just leaving my dogs i don't know um with uh when you brought up the um, the fireworks right um you, usually our friends will say, do you want to go out? Do you want to go party or do whatever? Um, we're at home because we, we know that, right? That right. our dogs freak out. So we, we make sure we, we play a loud movie or music or we're just with them. Right. And they're, they're super on us um, during those nights. So, yeah, we, we're, we're not out. Um, well, dogs have very different personalities. Yes. My, I have three pugs uh-huh. <clears throat> and they're all different personalities. And I have two that really, it really worries to hear loud noises. And I have one that will shoot through the dog door to go bark at it, you know. Oh. But so um, that concerns us because um, we live in, near Guadalupe and there's a lot of fireworks and things mm-hmm. going on. And you don't know what's coming down uh, from the sky. So we put the dog door in. Mm-hmm. And my family living here, they all have parties and things at different occasions. But they know mom and dad stay home with the dogs. Yeah, yeah. And they respect that. Yeah. You know, I said, you want to come over to me, but we That's don't totally leave fine. the dogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's, you have to keep them safe mm-hmm. because, you know, they can't keep themselves safe. They mm-hmm. can't feed themselves. They can't get their water. You are their carer. 
Right. And it's as lifetime caring for them mm -hmm. as long as they live because they're never going to be like children and open the fridge door. Oh, no. You've got to be there to open it. Uh -huh. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And they like routine. My, my three do anyway. Right. They are their own routine and they run the house. They just allow us to live there, actually. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's how I feel sometimes uh, at our place. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we've. And so, did you have um, dogs when you had younger children? Um, yes, yeah. we did. We had dogs, and I had dogs when I was a child, too. Yeah. And we've had. Um, Poodles, and we've had, I've had Alsatians and German Shepherds, and um, I've had some big dogs and when I was younger, and we've had several pugs, quite a few pugs in the past, and uh, had a Sheltie, and um, yeah, we've, dogs yeah. are part of our life. Yeah. How, could you describe the, I guess, some of the, the experience of watching your children grow up with dogs, or even you as a child growing well, up with, with dogs? When my children were younger and I worked, I kind of left the dogs mostly to my husband and the children to take care of mm -hmm. because they were the ones that played with them and fed them and I didn't have as close a relationship with them as I do with the pugs today. And mm -hmm. I regret that. I wish I had, I mean, I loved them and right. I took care of them and they never wanted for anything, but I never really knew them. Mm -hmm. I wish I'd given myself permission and time to know them and not been so busy with children and and work and housework and you thought the dogs were there and that was fine and we played with them and we fed them and but I've learned to get to know them and I think I just love having lived this long and being able to learn so much more um, not just about animals about life in general mm -hmm. um, like everybody else you know when you're working you don't always see what's going on around you. And when you have animals, you've got to stop and look and give them time yes. and get to know them because they're gone in an instant. Oh yeah. So uh, like children growing up, you have a baby right now, but believe yeah. me, that time goes very, very quickly. It, yeah, <laughs> it, it definitely feels that way, yeah. Yeah, yeah he's, so he's... Stop and smell the roses. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah we, get, we get so caught up in, we do. in obligations and things we're doing. Um, we do that it's it's a good reminder to just enjoy stop time to just stop just stop, stop. doing just take a hang breath. out yeah take a breath that's a perfect way to put it um i i'll find myself working making lesson plans and um the baby will be crawling around with the dogs and they're playing and i'll tell myself all right i'm gonna stop working just for 10 minutes and just hang right. out and just be present and i think um it's, a, it's such a hard idea, apparently, for people to grasp, of just be present. It's, and then I've noticed, too, now with, with um, smartphones, these cell phones, oh so much power. Don't get me on smartphones. Uh, <laughs> let's do it, Barb. Let's talk no, about no, the no, smartphone. No, no, no. no? Okay. <laughs> I, uh, see, I see people over the park with children in their strollers with smartphones. The children iPads, have those smartphones? And they're not even looking at the ducks. You yeah. know, they're watching a movie while their parents are on the phone pushing them in the stroller. It's like, wait a minute, people. 
Yeah, it's terrible. The birds the, are singing. Do you not see the parakeets? Do you not yeah. see the ducks? Do you not see the, the world here? Yeah. The beautiful blossoms, you know, it's a gorgeous sunrise. Why is your, why is your child looking at an iPad I and an agree. iPhone? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, like, it's so sad. There's a giant body of water. Anywhere you go, even in a restaurant. I know. I, I'll see parents just handing over... Uh, the phone or iPad right. and, and then now they're on their phone and it's it, just talk to your kid and now but now those kids are going to grow up thinking that's normal that's and right. so now they're going to do it and then yeah. it's just going to continue and um, we I understand right it's really convenient it gets your kid to just be quiet while you do whatever and it's I, but is the easiest way the the best way? It's the saddest like, way. It's it's super yeah. It's, it's super very, sad. <laughs> yeah. You know, I have a beautiful garden, mm-hmm. and it's in Tempe, and it's totally green. So don't tell me you can't have a green garden in Tempe in 110 degrees because uh-huh. you can. And we have every bird. We have woodpeckers out there. We have hummingbirds out there. We have the sparrows. We have I have a tortoise. I have budgerigars. You know, there's. There's room in your heart for all this. If yeah. you just stop and smell the roses, get your head out of the iPads yeah. and the it's, iPhones. And I, I think that definitely hinders um, the, the being present. Yeah. And um, even when I hang out with um, my friends, or if they're, say, they're a little younger, they're just, their face is on their, their yeah. phone. They, they, I find it's harder for them to connect in conversation because they're, I'm getting only half of their attention. Oh yes, absolutely. And it, I get so mad. Yeah. 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 There's, there's no conversation. No. There's no interaction. Yeah. That's why you gotta stop and look at your animals. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so with the dogs too. Like yes. even before the baby, you know, I'm, I'm guilty of it too. Just playing on my phone, and I'll just, I'll look over. The dogs are there, and I'm playing on my. And then I realize they're just, they're waiting for me, to do something. So I, I'll, I'll put my phone down, and we'll play for an hour just around the house just doing stuff and it's yeah we just get so caught up and i i love the the book it's it's not a, necessarily about the human now we have to think about outside of ourselves right um even when you brought up um the earth i i think we've could destroyed this we've hurt this earth so much yes. and um the fact that people, you know, don't believe uh, things are happening to the earth that's messing it up um, is just mind-boggling. I know. But they don't want to look out. They want to focus, well, I'm happy. My family's happy. We, we've got ours, so. Well, I'm very proud. I have a granddaughter that's in marine science. Oh. And she's doing whale watching right now. And she's been to school in Hawaii. And she's now studying in California, mm-hmm. and she's doing a wonderful job. And she has learned, She teaches us, her grandparents, about the environment and the water and the ocean. Yeah. I have a grandson, you know, that's um, in the service. Mm-hmm. He's away right now. Um, all trying to protect this country and all trying to make a better life yeah. for the future generation. And um, I really think that. We have to help the children understand through books and interaction and reading, mm-hmm. and um, so they start thinking for themselves. Yeah, you know, because otherwise it's just going to be a sad world. Yeah, I Very agree. Sad. And it's um, in teaching in my, I think I've, 
I've been there seven years. Um, I, I was just, it was just a paycheck for a while. And then as I got more serious about it and as I got more involved in it, I, I fell in love with the job. And I saw how important it was. Um, teaching these kids, these kids are going to be adults. They're going to live a life. And so I should care and invest and <laughs> challenge them to ask questions. Right. And um, that I can't wait to get the rest of the books because, and obviously now with, with uh, our baby, uh, it's definitely um, a reality check, right? Before it was just my wife and I just living lives, but now everything we do affects him. Yeah, and, um, and our dogs too. Uh, when, I, when I worked for the court system, mm -hmm. and I worked on criminal, I worked on juvenile, I worked on various courts with different judges. And one judge used to say when we were on juvenile to the juveniles sitting before him, where do you see yourself in five years? Yeah. And that made such an impact on me. Yeah. Because... Where do any of us see ourselves in five years? Yeah. Are we going to make it better, the mm -hmm. same, worse? What effort are we going to put into it to make things different? Yeah, yeah. And I think that's, yeah, it, but it goes against everything people want, right? It's just me, me, me that they right. want to think about. Right. Five years, that's, that's forever. Why would I think about that? Right. And it's such a sad, uh, thing and then with the with the puppy mills, they're just looking to make money. Yeah. These people, so they're they're doing things to these dogs, so they can sell them. But then they don't care what happens. No. These these dogs get bought. They are they live with lifelong health issues. Yes. And it's not even. I mean, it's it's tragic for the dog or the cat or whoever you know you have in your home now that was a product of puppy mills. Mm -hmm. But. The sadness I see of people trying to get money to try and help these dogs because of the surgeries they need, the medication they need, the, mm -hmm. the help they need, and it's astronomical how high the prices go when you have a sick dog year yeah. in, year out, year in, year out. We took out part of our um, savings from my husband's retirement, just about most of it actually at the yeah. time, to help Liberty get the eye surgery she needed when she was six months old when we brought her home. Yeah. You're looking at ten thousand dollars. Just yeah. just to start to get her on her feet. Mm -hmm. And then the following surgeries and the following medication and the ICU the it just it's absolutely amazing yeah and I read these people that take in like you were talking about uh, you have a dog that was labeled there with uh, not being maybe disabled in some way yeah. because it might have bitten somebody you know you start going to the vets and trying to get help mm -hmm. vets are wonderful people but they can't do it for nothing either oh yeah and but the amount of money that they want and they need and the people that need donations on Facebook and on Instagram and on Twitter because, and you don't know who's valid and who isn't is the problem. Mm -hmm. So you have to be careful. So, uh, you know, it's not, it's a lifelong challenge for you mentally, physically and monetary and it's a lifelong challenge 
for the poor animal that's now in this world and has nobody to look up to except you to help them. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, dogs have a high uh, tolerance for pain, etc. So they don't even tell you all the time when they're in pain. Oh, yeah. You have to learn they... to read them. Yeah. You know, I mean, I got up the other day and Liberty was not well. She was, she was not herself. She gets disoriented sometimes and um, she just wants mommy. Well, I got up, I was going to clean the blinds and the fans and do my house and I said, forget it, that can wait till tomorrow. I sat down with her all day, just cuddled her and she, today she's doing better. You have to put them first. Mm -hmm. You know, when they're hurting, when they, you know, it's not always, and vets don't have all the answers. I mean, my vet, I mean, we took her to the vet after ICU and she looked at her and she said, what do you want to do? I mean, <laughs> we wanted to give her another chance. You know, she was lifeless, she was sick, she was very, very ill, but we took her home and we nursed her back. And we were fortunate and I'm just grateful every day she's with us. Yeah. Um, but you've got to be there for them. They oh, yeah. need that interaction, they yeah. really do. Yeah, and I, can I ask how, um, how it was for you and your husband going through that. Um, earlier we, we spoke about how, um, you know, we had to put our dot Genevieve right, down. Right. Um, and uh, it was, it was you know, a terrible thing to go through. Um, Losing an animal. Yeah. So um, I just remember being in the vet and um, just me and Serena holding each other. And it just, it was rough. Very for uh, for the both of us, but you know we helped each other get through it, and now we can um, we can talk about it without breaking down too much. I mean, it, it, obviously, it's still very sad, um, but we'll we'll sit there, we'll trade memories about her. Uh, how is it? It sounds like you were both supportive of each other. You have to be. You yeah. have to. You can. You know, if you've got a partner, you both have to be on board. Mm -hmm. You've both got to love those animals. You've both got to help each other. Uh, I'd have a few hours sleep. He'd sit up with her. He'd have a few hours sleep. I'd sit up with her. Uh, we were sleeping on the floor with her. We'd bring her into bed. We'd stay for hours in the in the shower with her. Mm -hmm. We'd take her outside on the grass, and we were worried about getting pneumonia because you know it was uh, cooler in that at that time with mm -hmm. all her other problems. But it was the only way she could breathe. Yeah. And we actually had um, it's called a scrubber system put into our home, mm -hmm. which gives our home a hospital environment and to help the pugs breathe. Oh, okay. And uh, pugs are wonderful dogs, and mainly I have pugs in my books plus other animals, but I'd like to say now that pugs in Arizona are not ideal mm -hmm. because of the heat. Mm -hmm. And they cannot breathe after, if it's over 80 degrees, don't take them outside. Oh yeah, I remember you. You know, it's that. just too dangerous. So, I mean, all animals are special, but pugs in the heat, they don't survive very well. Yeah. So with the medication she was on that was making her overheated, plus living here, it was quite a challenge. So yeah, you have to, I mean, if I know a lot of women that take care of their animals on their own and don't have partners, etc., and some men, but if you have a partner, it, it has to be, you both have to be on board with this or you can't manage it. Right. It's just not possible. Yeah. You, well, yeah. Um, 
Thank you for doing this. Oh, you're Thank welcome. Thank you so much. Um, the books are called The Diaries of Liberty the, the Pug. The Diaries of Liberty the Pug. I'm so excited to read the other one. <laughs> we were just, we were smiling ear to ear just yeah. reading the first one. And so, yeah, we're, we're very excited. And then I also want to, because we were saying earlier, I, I just love the feel of a book. Mm-hmm. This is our first um, digital book we downloaded. Right. And it's, it's great, but I just love the weight and turning right. the page. And so... Um, I, I definitely want to share these with, with my students, mm-hmm. right? And, um, and help talk, because a lot of them have pets, and help talk them through it. Because like you said, it's important to, to teach the children, because that's, that's who's going to eventually grow up. And well, the website is thediariesoflibertythepug.com, yes. and you can look up the books there. You can look them up on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. Um, there's lots of pictures, lots of stories. They will leave you with a warm heart yes. and a smile on your face. It was adorable. So, um, although Liberty has gone through a lot health-wise, we do not delve into that in the children's books. Mm-hmm. The children's books are just to help children understand that pets should be part of the family. Mm-hmm. And my books are worldwide, and I love hearing from people in Japan and Russia and Wales and England and Australia. Liberty is loved worldwide. And when she was in ICU, I, I'm sure prayers helped because she had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of prayers on Facebook being sent to her from all over the world. So thank you, everybody, that's still yeah. keeping her in your prayers. And that's uh, Liberty, Ebony Rose, and Pippa. And you'll see them in the Diaries of Liberty the Pug. Yay. Thank you so much, Barbara. Thank you for having me. Um,